This is Rugger Matrix International, the world's leading independent rugby podcast quoted more than anyone else. It's no wonder that our major partner is Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits, so you can stay safe in your car and avoid hefty fines. So go hands-free with Strike. Enter the code RUGGERMATRIX and you'll get 10% off. Go to strike.com.au to get your discount. Rugger Matrix also brought to you by mybean.com.au. We sell at roasters' prices. Let's get it on. Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International, episode 193. Quick show tonight. Mark Cashman, as you can see, is not to my left, but there's a better gentleman to my left. Casho Manflu, so he can't be here tonight. Uh, but joining me is the Brumbies coach, head coach of the ACT Brumbies, who'll be playing in uh, the qualifying final against the Chiefs at GIO Stadium on Saturday night, the Sharks and the Highlanders the next morning to see who plays the Waratahs and the uh, Crusaders in the semi-finals. Stephen Larkham, thanks for joining us on the show, mate. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, mate. So you named your team today, Robbie Coleman, back in. Uh, you've had some players really putting their hand up last week with that demolition of the Western Force. Was it a tough selection meeting this week, mate? Uh, it was, um, and it kind of came down to a few injuries. So, so Rath uh, picked up an injury in the game against the Force and uh, didn't quite recover in time. Um, so that made selection a little bit easier. But then it was a, a matter of picking between uh, Andrew Smith, Joe Tamani and Robbie Coleman. Uh, and then I guess you add uh, Pat McCabe into the mix as well. Um, so there's four quality players there and, and they can only really fit into three spots. Um, so one of them missed out. It was Andrew Smith this week. Uh, Robbie Coleman got the nod uh, starting on the wing, um, basically because he's had really good form this year. Um, he had a really good pre-season, came into the season firing and uh, hasn't let us down so far. So we went with uh, Robbie, who, who missed the uh, force game uh, due to having a bit of a rest to, to freshen up a little bit, hopefully, for the final series. So... Yeah, that was the plan, to get him back into the team at some stage, and, and it's happened uh, this week at the expense of Clyde Rathbone, and Joey Tamani stays on the bench. It really looks like you've developed that depth, haven't you, to leave someone like, uh, well, with Clive Rathbone uh, being available, with Pat McCabe, who's just been, first of all, very brave in his comeback, but he runs, I think, Stephen, the best lines in the game in Australia, and you got him in the 23rd jersey. Yeah, uh, he's been quality for us all year. Uh, whether he comes off the bench or whether he starts, he has a, a really good performance. Um, yeah, very difficult to leave, leave him out. Uh, he, he made his Wallaby, uh, well, not debut, but he, he certainly got back into the Wallabies after being absent from the Wallabies for, for a little while uh, and, and thoroughly deserves it uh, during that window. Um, but, yeah, it was a difficult decision. Uh, I just think that Paddy will add a little bit more impact off the bench than the others would. You said today at the press conference that you thought it'd be a pretty uh, tough game against the, the Chiefs, very physical, and you'll need to use everyone in the squad. So expecting uh, a battle of attrition, obviously. Uh, yeah, we've gone through this season um, with a lot of injuries, actually. So we've used 37 guys. We'll, we will use 37 guys this weekend with our Alan Alatoa coming into the squad for the first time. Uh, so it's been a very heavy year for injuries for us, um, but we've gotten through most of it. Uh, I guess you're looking at David Pocock uh, having missed the majority of the season and now Stephen Moore missing the rest of the season uh, as the two big names who've um, 
who've uh, been injured this year. The rest of the squad pretty much back on deck now, um, with the exception of three other guys. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've grown a bit of depth this year. So um, having that many injuries has allowed us to uh, blood some new talent, to give some guys some opportunities in Super Rugby that wouldn't normally get that opportunity. So uh, I think we've got a little bit more depth now, uh, and I'm certainly expecting to use uh, our full bench this weekend. Were you surprised by the way last week's game against the uh, force opened up for you uh, and allowed you to score those tries. And we saw uh, in full flight, uh, you know, Henry Spates, uh, wonderful on the right wing for you as well. Were you surprised that, that it opened up so easily by the end? When I say easily, uh, relatively easy. Yeah, I guess the game blew out a little bit. Um, we certainly scored some good tries, seven tries to three. Um, and the individuals were just motivated for that game. So we've, as I said, we've had a number of injuries this year. We've had a, a couple of losses that we shouldn't have lost, um, a couple of good wins as well. But um, it was uh, a matter of sort of getting everyone back on deck against the force. So we had a number of injuries against the Waratahs two weeks before that. And, you know, we had a really good preparation for the force game. Um, guys were confident. Uh, we had a really good game plan. You know, we'd studied the force and, and we knew where they were going to be weak, where they were going to be vulnerable, and, and some of that paid off. Uh, and the rest of it was just the individual building to the guys um, being motivated and being confident out there. Well, the Chiefs, um, you played them in the final last year. You had a good performance against them uh, earlier this year, and I noticed uh, that Robbie Coleman would have been uh, very happy with, with that as well. What is it about the Chiefs that um, present the big problem? Because they've got a couple of big ins as well with Cruden too. Yeah, Cruden's back in, so he didn't play in the round 11 clash. Um, Cavallo and Cruden make a, a pretty formidable 9-10 uh, combination. Both have played for the All Blacks. Um, both pretty much at the top of their game at the moment. So uh, there's certainly two guys that we're going to be watching uh, and hopefully uh, containing uh, on Saturday night. You know, they've got uh, a number of All Blacks in their pack as well, uh, led by Liam Messon particularly, uh, as one of their talisman, um, you know, he certainly gets some game line, second phase, uh, does a lot of damage carrying the ball and uh, quite a good defender as well. So, you know, you could name the whole team and, and they're all uh, All Blacks or, or on the verge of, of making the All Blacks. Um, they've been up and down this year. They haven't necessarily clicked every game, um, but it is finals football and, and they've got a great record. You know, they've won the last two Super Rugby Championships going through uh, the finals um, series undefeated, obviously. Um, so, so they've got a really good record in finals. Um, so that's what's going to make it challenging. Big game, I think. Stephen, the uh, quick start. Uh, obviously, that was was a tactic last week, and it, it got the force on the back foot. Uh, and and it's always a really good tactic. My question to you, Stephen, as a master tactician, is uh, why doesn't everyone come up with a quick start every game? Why doesn't it happen? Uh, why doesn't it happen? Because. The... <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone wants a quick start. Yeah. You don't want to come behind, come from behind. But uh, I think uh, it just depends on your tactics. Uh, so sometimes uh, teams are a little bit conservative. Uh, last week against the Force, we were anything but that. We, we certainly spoke about chancing our arm out of our, our end. Uh, and if that meant from the kickoff, then so be it. Um, I guess horses for courses a little bit. Um, we saw opportunities there against the, chief, uh, the, the, the Force. Are the same opportunities there against the Chiefs. Um, 
We don't think so. So we'll play a slightly different game this time. But still, you know, it's about putting pressure on the opposition and whether that, that pressure is in defence and it causes turnovers uh, or whether it's in attack and you're scoring tries. Um, you know, every team pretty much has the same focus. Of course, you're masters of the quick starts. I remember when uh, you had the Crusaders and, and scored within the first couple of seconds. Stephen, one of your long kicks uh, uh, soon after the kickoff. Uh, but tactics obviously play a part. But what's the difference between the New Zealand and South African teams at the moment? Uh, is there a difference, or is is the the whole Sanzar thing sort of um, brought the teams to a similar sort of attacking? Um, when you come to the, do your playbook, uh, a similar sort of attacking uh, outlook. Uh, no, there's slight differences. Uh, certainly against New Zealand sides, uh, we've kind of identified most New Zealand sides jockey defensively. Um, most South African sides rush defensively. Uh, that's probably the biggest difference. Uh, the rest of the differences are just team tactics, uh, game plans, all that sort of stuff. But um, as a trend, um, yeah, certainly uh, the New Zealand sides are jockeying in defence a little bit more, which, which either gives you that opportunity to take the space on the edge or an opportunity to get back on their inside shoulder. So uh, both of which you know, we'll be trying to do on Saturday night. I think one of the great things you talked about with your depth is uh, Josh Van Ray, Bongo, that to many of his, his mates, uh, has fi- suddenly find, found himself um, at... Uh, well, how old is he now, Bernie? He's about 45. He's getting on a bit. He finds himself in a, in, a, in a qualifying final. Yeah, and he had a fantastic game. You, you know, last week was a, a finals game for us as well in that mm. um, if we lost that, the season was over. So... Um, he had a tremendous game last week. Uh, he's obviously a little bit older in his 30s now. Uh, been around a little bit, been overseas. Um, but brings that calm, coolness uh, to the team. Um, so he's, he's a bit of a country bloke and uh, uh, nothing really phases him. Uh, a big occasion doesn't phase him. So uh, we expect the same from him this week. He, you know, set piece-wise, he was tremendous last week. And uh, that's what we'll be looking from him, uh, for him from him this week as well. Stephen, as a great playmaker yourself, uh, do you appreciate more than anyone else great finishers? And I, I mean someone like uh, Henry Spate. Uh, rather than moving towards, I think some coaches that, that I've worked with in the past really want to have no position or number on someone's back. They want to play a number of positions. A bit right, right how rugby league has gone, but, but as a finisher, important at doing their job, which is sticking to their tram tracks and and finishing how, how you guys do so well. Yeah, we're lucky with uh, Henry. Um, you know, most of our backs can play multiple positions. And I look at Henry as well. He can easily slot into 13. Um, who else? Robbie Coleman can play 12, wing, fullback. Plays a bit of 5'8 at club level. Christian plays fullback, 12, 10. Matty Tamua plays 10, 15. Uh, Paddy McCabe can play every position in the back line. Tavita's probably stuck at 13. Um, but but we have a very versatile backline. But um, but everyone's in, better. But everyone's better at one position. Yeah, that probably suits them most. Yeah, that, and that's the thing is is trying to find some combinations out there. Uh, we've worked really hard at trying to get that combination uh, from the start of the season, uh, and we're lucky enough. Um, I think it's except for Pat McKay, we've got the same combination on the field. So that we've had for the majority of the season, um, and it's Matt Tamua. It's Christian Levofano, Tavita in the 10, 12, 13, and then it's um, Henry Spade on one wing, it's Jesse Mulgan, it's Robbie Coleman in the back three. Uh, 
and those guys have just been able to practice there and, and play there. And, um, you know, Henry's just, we're so lucky to have someone like Henry who we picked up from New Zealand a couple of years ago as a foreign player, developing foreign player. And uh, he's just gone from strength to strength. He's, he's not only a great attacking player, and, and people have seen that, and particularly last week, you know, working within two, three metres down the sideline and still brushing players off him and scoring unbelievable tries. But um, the biggest thing that people don't see is, is the work that Henry does defensively and how he reads the game and, uh, you know, the amount of tries that he actually saves there. So he, he's world-class. He's, if not the best winger, certainly one of the best wingers in the world at the moment. We're very lucky to have him. Um, but then the other guys, you know, Robbie Coleman hadn't really played on the wing except for this year and, and he's just had that opportunity all year to train and play in that position and, you know, quality players can adapt. They certainly can and uh, I think you and Mackenzie will be giving you a present too for making sure Henry Spade comes through unscathed and as soon as he's ready to play for Australia uh, in September, he'll be picking him, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you can't see him not doing it, could you? No, I mean, Henry's been waiting for a while now. He missed his eligibility last year, and, and that really hurt him uh, mentally. Um, he was really primed. He still is really primed to play for the Wallabies as soon as possible. That was the whole reason he came to Australia. Uh, missed his opportunity last year, and, you know, he's been biding his time this year, and uh, he is certainly looking forward to that opportunity. Uh, you know, and I, and I look at that game that he played last week, and it was against uh, Nick Cummins, who's now going to Japan, and it was... It was a special moment for Henry because he knew that uh, that's the incumbent Wallaby winger and he's about to replace him, I think. Uh, he schooled him big time. It was a magnificent performance. Pretty touching too. Um, had 60 on his arm strapping and that signified the uh, the age his mother would have been, his late mother, uh, who had died when he was younger. And so that he was honouring the memory of his mother and did it in a fine style. Uh, then what about the forwards? Do, do you actually know what's going on up there or just leave that to Laurie? <laughs> uh, no, I've got a little bit of knowledge of what's happening, yeah. 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 So um, you'd be pretty happy with the, the way that not only they, you know, Josh Manrace fitted in there, but how they've contested with some of those Kiwi sides and the, and the All Blacks, uh, sorry, and the South Africans as well. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a small pack. We're, we're averaging around about 900 kilos a pack, um, depending on who's in there. But um, and, and that's equivalent to Kiwi, so certainly more than Kiwi side uh, and, and probably just a touch under a South African side, you know, the big packs over there. Um, but we, we hold our own. You know, Laurie um, has done a tremendous job with those guys. And, and, the, and the beauty of this squad is that we've been together for a number of years now. He's done a magnificent job getting those guys tough, um, uh, having to, to get into battle at training and games consistently for the last three years has certainly made them tough. So... Uh, yeah, I think we hold our own, uh, if not give a little bit. Uh, and, and their skill levels and um, their competencies over this last three years has increased um, immensely. He gets pretty upset when, um, if you fall off in the contest or in the contact area, the tackle area, the breakdown, he doesn't like it and he makes his point known on Twitter as well. Uh, is he a bit grumpy for a while? I know. I know he's been walking around late at night after one of those contests. <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, if if one or two guys fall off, it's all right. But if, if you know you're, you're talking about five or six mm. guys falling off uh, contests or not throwing themselves into contests, he certainly does get grumpy. Um, yeah, he's a hard taskmaster, but but he gets the most out of the guys. I mean, they appreciate what, what he does. Uh, and we've already had a farewell for him. Uh, we've had a farewell for all the guys that are leaving this year, and uh, 
there were some um, heartfelt words spoken on that night. Um, you addressed the team and it was quite an emotional time and, you know, all the forwards particularly are going to miss him but uh, all the backs as well, you know, that they get a little bit out of uh, Laurie's coaching as well. So, yeah, everyone's going to miss him um, but you're right, he can get a bit grumpy but, but for good reason. Absolutely. And how are you enjoying it, Stephen? I spoke to you, what, December last year, November, December. You are thrown into it after uh, Jake White left. Um, what's it? You find yourself in the finals now, so I guess you don't have much time to think about it. Uh, no, a little bit of downtime towards the end of the week, each week. You, you sort of think about how the season's going and, and how it's perceived and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's, it's, at this stage of the season, it's really not about the coaches. It's about the players getting out there and performing and um gelling as a unit um there'll be plenty of time for the coaches to reflect on the season and you know i've, I've made mistakes um throughout this season um some of those i've told the players some i haven't and, and some you just move on from um i've certainly learned a lot uh, i've grown as a coach um it's been you know great working with laurie and dan down here uh, i've learned a lot from those guys it was great working with jake the previous two seasons as well and and, and, you know, it's really great working with the playing group that we have as, at the moment as well. They're very forgiving, uh, they're very respectful, they're very understanding and they're, they're hard workers. So, yeah, I mean, you, you can't ask too much more for your first year as a pseudo head coach. <laughs> oh, you're doing pretty well. The other thing is uh, the game against the Waratahs was very recent and you got toweled up. Do you park that? You had 10 players out. Is that just chucked out? Do you take anything out of it? Yeah, we took a fair bit out of that game, um, particularly in the first half. Uh, you know, the, the scoreline blew out a little bit, but and, and we had an intercept try in that first half, uh, which kind of uh, was a turning point in the first half anyway. Um, we had a guy sent off, sin-binned in the second half. Uh, we had a lot of ill-discipline around breakdown that was uh, policed uh, inconsistently. <laughs> um, we had a set piece that didn't work, you know, first time in there for Rory Murphy and, and uh, he didn't have his best game, but um, uh, it wasn't just him, it, you know, our set piece scrum and line out just didn't fire that night and uh, we know that if we can get that firing, uh, and, and we particularly look at someone like Dave Dennis who's uh, massive for the Waratahs and, and what a big loss he is, um, we take a fair bit out of that first half performance. And, and it will be a great uh, effort to uh, firstly scrape in and then if you win on Saturday night and, and, and you, the results could go anyway, uh, the, the remarkable thing, Stephen, in this competition is that you could end up hosting the final. You just don't know. And I, don't want, I know you don't want to think too far down the track, but there's just there's so much at stake if you can just get past the first week. Yeah, there is. I mean, last week was really our first week. It was do or die last week mm. for us, so. That was the first week, you know, stage one of four stages. Um, yeah, we know the importance of every game from here on in, as, as does everyone else. Uh, we did it last year, uh, and we've done it before as a franchise, as an organisation as well. So uh, we know when the pressure comes on, things things uh, stuff up, people make mistakes. But um, we've spoken about that. Um, yeah, we're, we're certainly looking forward to it. Um, you know, we've had a pretty good build-up this week. Um, we just have to wait and see now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Is it hard not to look ahead to the next week? Uh, no, it's something that we certainly spoke about before the force um, in terms of where we're going now because I guess that was the start of our 
finals campaign. Um, we sort of we'd mapped it out, and you know, best case scenario, as you said there before, is uh, we win, uh, the Highlanders win, then we, well, well then we have to beat um, the Crusaders in Christchurch, and, <laughs> and then uh, the Highlanders beat the Waratahs in Sydney, and then we get a home final. That's that's uh, that's an ideal situation. That's uh, more than likely not going to happen, but. Uh, We've, we've sort of mapped it out up to the Waratahs. You know, we're expecting uh, we win this game. We expect the Sharks to win the Highlanders game, which will then tear us up against the Waratahs next week in Sydney. Um, so we looked at that two weeks ago, uh, and that's our course at this stage. It's all quality, isn't it? I mean, the, the top six teams, it's all quality. It's outstanding. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing with finals, isn't it? I mean, and particularly Super Rugby, you don't get into the top six unless you're a quality side. So... Every game from here on in is going to be really tough, uh, going to be really tight, very physical, uh, an intense battle. Uh, you know, the, the Chiefs were there last year, we were there last year, the Crusaders are consistently there, the Sharks are consistently there, uh, the Waratahs have been there or thereabouts, uh, the Highlanders, you know, haven't been there for a while, but certainly a form team this year, so uh, it's a really tough campaign in this final series. Yeah, and um, could you possibly end up against Jake? <laughs> Yeah, we could. Yeah. We could, uh, how's that going to work? So they've got to win that one. And we've got to beat the Waratahs and they've got to beat the Crusaders. So. Yeah. Oh, that's the simple one. Well, that's, yeah. It's <laughs> a nightmare scenario for everyone, isn't it? Because they have to come over and play the, the Crusaders, say they win. They have to come mm. over and play the Crusaders. Then uh, travel home. In New Zealand, yeah. And then, uh, is that right? Have I yeah. got that yeah, they've got to they've got to play uh, the Crusaders over there, and, and then they've got to go. If they win that one, they've got to go all the way back to Durban to potentially play us. Exactly. So they have more travel to play the home final. So yeah, exactly. don't you love it, Southern Hemisphere rugby? You've been doing it for a long time, Stephen. Uh, yeah, I have. I've been playing <laughs> it for a long time. I've been coaching it for a couple of years. But uh, I mean, this is the business end of the season. This is what all the hard work in the pre-season, uh, early early parts of the season, is for. Absolutely. Well, Stephen, thank you very much for your time. Um, we wish you the very best of luck and just hope it's another great game for you down at uh, GIO Stadium and I hope they're starting to host the preparations to host that final. You never know. <laughs> that would be nice. All right, Stephen. Stephen Larkham, head coach of the ACT Brumbies. Thanks for joining us tonight, mate. Thanks, Jura. There he is, uh, Stephen Larkham. And uh, we'll be back next week with a preview of the semi-finals. Let's hope it's the Brumbies, the Waratahs going head-to-head. Mark Cashman will be back in the studio after getting over his man flu. Until then, enjoy your rugby, and we'll speak to you next week.